Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yeah, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, October 11th, 2021. I'm your host, Blessing, Adioye Jr. Joining me is the LaCroix Poppy himself, Tim Ma Bunyan Gettys. Gotta rep the brand, baby. Got I'm my LaCroix shirt. shirt on. <laughs> you got an aesthetic right now. You got Thank the Elgato you. hat that is mm-hmm. way more fresher than it needs to be. And you got the LaCroix velvet, shirt. Bless. Velvet, bless. That is amazing for, for a brand hat. Yeah, no, shout out to Elgato. Bringing the, bringing the heat with, with their little holiday giveaway. So shout out to them for that. And for the mics and stuff. Elgato's always been great oh, yeah. to us. Yeah, shout out to Elgato for pretty much everything that, that we're using to actually work yeah. from home. You know, the working from home aspect's funny about this shirt. So, bless, I realized this weekend that I there's a I had a jacket in my closet that was covering, like, a bunch of my shirts. And mm-hmm. I haven't moved that jacket since quarantine started. So I've realized that the majority of my shirts, I just haven't even touched. I've only been oh. wearing my Black Me Undies shirts, of which I have... I think I have like 10 of them and I just rotate between those. And I realized I have not worn graphic tees for two years. Oh my God. <laughs> it's just been <laughs> legit. Just me undies, just play, play black tee with a bomber jacket. That is it. That is legitimately the, life. the same as me a couple months ago, moving over some shirts in my closet and realizing that I have all these polos that I just haven't worn. I had that Love exact it. same moment where I was like, oh shit, I'm going to have to expand out a little bit. Now, Tim, I want to talk to you about this weekend. Because yes. two very big things happened this weekend, Tim. Mm-hmm. And we gotta we gotta address it. First and foremost, I broke and I got a Nintendo Switch OLED. My Metroid Dread. I also got Metroid Dread. All right. And let me tell you, I've been loving this thing. Yeah. This thing is awesome. Very you were, lovable. You were exactly right. The screen makes a difference. It looks amazing to play on. Mm-hmm. I've so been absolutely, absolutely loving mine. I just beat Metroid Dread over the weekend, and I could not be more impressed with the end of that game. They really? delivered, man. They fucking delivered. It is so impeccably perfect Metroid. Ah, good for them. It, they nailed the landing, and I am hoping this means good things. I hope this game sells very well, and I hope we get more. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, well, we might talk about that for story number one, but that was first and foremost. I wanted to shout out the Nintendo Switch. But even more so, even more important, something big happened this weekend. Me and Kevin went out to a bar and hung out. It was Hell a great yeah. time, wasn't it, Kevin? It was a great time. It was a great time. It was a wonderful time. It was we also got a couple of babies that happened over the weekend. Shout out mm-hmm. to, to Greg and Jen Miller. And also shout out to Gary Witta, who had a baby that caught that me off guard. I was like, oh, baby. shit. That surprise baby. Surprised oh, the shit out of me. I had no idea. But, you know, it's a wonderful thing. Of course, Greg has been been out for like the last, I guess, couple of days of work. Of course, he was out there dealing with some real life shit. Uh, and now that he's actually had the baby... That means he's out for like the rest of the year. He's out which, the rest of the year. It's you know, our game now, bless. He's Let's left it to it. us. He's left it to to the kids, even though mm-hmm. I feel like you're probably even more of the adult, <laughs> kind of funny, even more so than Greg. But even <laughs> still, you know, it feels like it feels like daddy's gone for the rest of the year. We get to I'm just like daddy go crazy. No, I'm calling him daddy. I mean, he's literally a daddy now. I feel like I gotta I, call yeah, him daddy. No, <laughs> I, I feel like we shouldn't double down on this. I'm double, I'm tripling down. 
Triple I'm calling down. Him, I'm calling him Daddy Miller for now on. Daddy Miller is gone. It is me and Tim. Just I thought you were call him Daddy Greggy because that sounds too creepy. That sounds kind of right. What about me. Greggy Daddy? Greggy Daddy. Greggy Daddy does have does roll off the tongue. I do like that. I do like I that. I, I believe that man is a father. Oh my God! Everybody, there's no go, take backs now. No take backs. He's here now. Everybody, go over to Twitter. Uh, 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 shout out Greg and Jen. Show them all the love. Same with Gary Witta. Show them all the love. Uh, congratulations to everybody <laughs> for mm-hmm. having your kids. You know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like we, me and, t- me and you, Tim, we got to catch up. We got to have. We'll our own catch children. up one day. Yeah, we'll figure one it day. out. Bless. But for now, let's figure out some video game news because today's stories include Metroid Dread selling like hotcakes, more proof of Metal Gear Solid 3 remake, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. Remember, you can use Epic Creator Code Kind of Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames or bronze members or above, get to write in. And silver members or above, get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post show. Housekeeping for you, of course, like I said, it was a big baby weekend. Go over on Twitter and show some sweet, nasty love to Greg and Jen and Gary Wooda for the birth of their big, beautiful kids. And speaking of Greg, Greg may be out, but that doesn't mean the train stops. I'm hosting PS Love You XOXO, happening live in a couple of hours on Patreon, and we're going to be talking about the PlayStation games that deserve remakes. Uh, I need your help. Go over to patreon.com slash games to let me know what games you think deserve a remake, and Janet and I will talk about those missions on the show uh and then today's the day the first episode of the arkham files a kind of funny games mini series where barrett looks back at what makes each of the batman arkham games so special uh premieres today on youtube.com slash kind of funny games at 2 30 p.m pacific time today's a busy day uh go over join barrett in the live chat and talk with him about why arkham asylum is still a masterclass in design then, if that's not enough uh, for kind of funny feature content, The Blessing Show returns this week as a YouTube premiere. You can tune in on Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific time on YouTube.com slash games as we break down what's up in a very loopy episode. Uh, and then tomorrow at 11 a.m. Real quick, I just want to say with that, with both The Blessing Show and with the Arkham Files that Barrett's working on, of course... I want you to watch all kind of funny content, or at least all that makes sense for you to consume. But please, please, please watch these these videos because so much more work, so much more effort and time and care and love is being put into these things. They are true edited video essays with a lot of passion behind them, a lot of expertise behind them. Roger's killing it on the edit front. Like These are special, and they're the type of content that all of our daily stuff funds and allows to make allows us to make uh where the goal of those isn't necessarily making money and all that stuff it is just like making good content so please just support the good content because we love making it we want to keep making more for sure and if you're somebody who hasn't uh tried out like watching any of our and like any any of the roger edited short form stuff i cannot recommend it enough i know like people know us as the you know the podcast channel people come to us for the long form stuff people love to listen to us banter and and crack jokes and all those things I cannot recommend enough. Go and check out, even if it's just to try it out, like go check out either an episode of the blessing show or, or the Arkham files or whatever it is, because again, we work hard on it and it is like the, the, the stuff that 
you know, I, I mean, me and you both love watching short form content, right? And mm. it's like one of those things where, you know, we, 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 we're blessed because we get to do this and like the, the podcasts are uh, kind of our bread and butter. But like the short form content is like our chance to, to get weird and get creative and do things that we really want to do that we don't normally typically get to do. And so for sure, go check those out. It would mean a lot to me, Roger and Barrett. Uh, and yeah, again, those are happening. The uh, Barrett's thing is happening today at 2.30 and then the Blessing Show episode is coming out thursday 9 a.m pacific time uh but tomorrow at 11 a.m right after kfgd on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we are partnering with nvidia geforce as andy mike and nick will be playing back for blood showing off dlss and all that dope rtx tech thank you to our patreon producers pranksy and blackjack today we're brought to you by purple mattress demon slayer and raycon but we'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the roper report it's time for some news. We have six stories today. A baker's dozen. Now, Tim, I don't know if people can hear this. Or they can tell. I have like a frog in my throat. Like I, I, oh. I don't know. Okay, okay. As long as you can't tell, that's good. Because mm-hmm. last night, I don't know what happened. I don't know if the heater didn't kick in or what, but it was cold. <laughs> <laughs> and I woke up and I was like, "Oh shoot, man! Like I have like a like a this, uh, like a small sore throat. I'm good. Like it's not even like a cold. I think it's just like the, the the most minor of like sore throats. And so as long as you guys can't tell, then it's all good. I'm gonna keep trucking through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but bear with me if that does creep up. Uh, let's start off with story number one. Metroid Dread is the highest grossing Metroid game launch in the in UK history. I'm pulling from C- Christopher Dring at GamesIndustry.biz. It was a blockbuster week for video game releases, and there are four new games in the UK Top 10. The game at the top isn't new, however. Uh, That game is EA's FIFA 22, which holds firm at number one for a second week. Artist formerly known as FIFA 22. Oh, yeah. Formerly known as FIFA 22. Probably going to be changed to EA Games UFC or whatever. Or not UFC. EA (laughs) FC. We'll talk about that in a few stories. FIFA's closest rival this week is Far Cry 6 from Ubisoft. Uh, The game's box sales are almost 70% lower than Far Cry 5, which was released in March 2018. 47% of sales were on PS5, 24% on PS4, and 29% on Xbox platforms. The drop looks severe, but even in th- even in three years, digital has accelerated significantly. And as we saw with FIFA, it almost certainly did a lot better than it appears. We can be a bit more conclusive about the number three game, Metroid Dread, on Nintendo Switch, uh, which is the highest grossing Metroid game uh, launch in the UK to date, eclipsing the original Metroid Prime on GameCube. In terms of unit sales, Metroid Dread was less than 1,000 units away from overtaking Metroid Prime. Of course, digital data is is missing, uh, and it's safe to say that Metroid Dread sold more than 1,000 downloads in the UK. Therefore, we can confidently state that Metroid Dread is also the fastest-selling Metroid game to date. The game sold three and a half times more copies at launch than the last two Metroid Metroid games, uh, Metroid Samus Returns, uh, or... Then the last 2D Metroid game, Metroid Samus Returns, which launched on 3DS in 2017 after the Switch had come out. It's good news for Metroid, which is one of the Nintendo's smaller franchises, but has a dedicated and vocal fan base. It is the fifth biggest Nintendo Switch launch of the year, behind Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, uh, The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD, Monster Hunter Rise, and the new Pokemon Snap. 
Here is the top 10 for UK box charts for the week ending October 9th, 2021. Starting at number 10, you have Grand Theft Auto 5. At number 9, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. Uh, at number 8, you have a new entry, Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. At number 7, Animal Crossing New Horizons. At number 6, you have Minecraft for Switch. At number 5, Alan Wake Remastered, which is also a new entry. At number 4, you have Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. At number three, new entry, Metroid Dread. At number two, Far Cry 6, also a new entry. And then at number one, you have FIFA 22. Tim, yes. Metroid Dread being the fastest selling Metroid game, I don't think is a surprise given the fact that it is on Switch. It is a hyped up title. And like the, this, there is the Switch magic, right? Mm -hmm. Whenever Nintendo releases a first party game on Switch, usually that is going to be one of the one of, if not the best selling game of that franchise. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. And what's interesting about that as well is you got to look at the, the last couple of years of the Switch and um, the the entries and franchises they're putting out. Like, we're not getting the Mario Odysseys. We're not getting the Breath of the Wilds right now. So it's like when these smaller titles uh, do get a chance to shine, I think there's even more attention, more marketing, more kind of buzz around things like Metroid Dread. Looking back at previous Metroid um, sales here, like the original Metroid, uh, or Metroid Prime is the highest at 2.84 million. Um, and then behind that is the original on the NES at 2.73. And after that, there's a pretty sharp drop off. Like even Metroid Samus Returns on the 3DS, which also tended to, to sell very well for things. It's only at 0.56 million. So that's uh, not that high of a number, especially for what people mm -hmm. would consider one of Nintendo's flagship franchises. When you look at that compared to other franchises that I would put in a almost like a similar area uh, to it in terms of like prestige, like things like Fire Emblem, right? Like Fire Emblem, traditionally not that high of a seller. Uh, most games weren't even released in America, but the ones that were, uh, the highest selling one was Fire Emblem Awakening at 2.3 and then Fire Emblem Fates coming through at 3 million. Uh, mm -hmm. But that was beat by Fire Emblem Three Houses on the Switch uh, that is now over 3 million and it continues to rise. Uh, looking even at like the Kirby games, which are selling extremely well, Star Allies becoming uh, one of the highest selling Kirby games, and then Luigi's Mansion, and I think these numbers are the most important. Uh, Luigi's Mansion 1, 3.3 million. Luigi's Mansion 2 on the 3DS, 6.3 million. And then Luigi's Mansion 3, just shy of 10 million. Wow. Right? So that's the magic we're talking about. And that's kind of what I'm expecting from Metroid Dread. Maybe not 10 million, but I would not be surprised if uh, in a while we're, we're looking back at those, you know, when Nintendo puts out its year uh, in review type thing. I wouldn't be surprised if we're hitting six, seven million for Metroid Dread. And like that is incredible. That would put it at, uh, you know, double, triple the best selling Metroid game ever. Mm hmm. Do you think this signifies the, the 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 idea that Metroid is back and is going to be, I guess, considered alongside what we think of as like the Nintendo core lineup when we talk about the Marios, the Pokemons, the Zeldas? Do you think Metroid Dread is going to put it there? Because, you know, the article go, go, uh, goes ahead and says that, you know, Metroid is one of the smaller Nintendo franchises. And I think you alluded to it earlier that, you know, Metroid we kind of think of as, as part of that core lineup. But in reality, it doesn't it doesn't historically sell uh as much and right now it is the fifth biggest nintendo switch launch of the year right like the article mentions that it's behind mario 3d world uh zelda skyward sword hd monster Hunter rise and new pokemon snap do you think metroid dread at the end of the day is going to sell enough to like put it above those or where do you think it's going to sit in terms of the overall nintendo lineup 
I mean, I think the fact that it's there already kind of answers your question where it's like those four games five, aren't necessarily like the biggest bangers. I mean, it's just kind of ports of old games, a third party game in the form of Monster Hunter uh, and then new Pokemon Snap, which like is definitely, a, you know, a spinoff title of Pokemon, which we're, we're talking different rules there. That's not really comparing it to like a core Pokemon game in terms mm. of sales. So I think that that makes sense. And also, like, keep in mind, this is really, really, really early. Like we're talking about just the first couple of days of, of numbers for this in Europe only. Um, but I'm I think that this is the, the beginning of hopefully a a new standard, a new standard for what Metroid can be uh, in terms of gamers' minds and in terms of sales, similar to what Fire Emblem did on the 3DS when Awakening came out. And all of a sudden, Fire Emblem went from this thing of like, oh, I kind of heard of it because I played Smash Brothers and I know some characters, to, oh, you got to play this, it's really good, to then expecting sequels to be good and, and do well. Of course, not on the level of Mario Pokemon, um, Mario and Pokemon, which are on their own kind of level and then under that mm. zelda like i don't think that the, it'll ever hit that those heights i don't think it needs to but like if it hits a uh kind of vibe with people where imagine in over the next couple of years if we we have metroid dread now mm -hmm. soon we get metroid trilogy metroid prime trilogy in yeah. some form whether it's just a port or a remake of the first game or something uh og prime and then we eventually get metroid prime 4 that might be the most momentum metroid has ever had like it's crazy to think about this franchise where it started on the nes goes to the game boy and then super super metroid happened on the snes and then nothing the n64 mm -hmm. did not have a metroid game it just went an entire generation without anything and then one of the craziest things i've been talking about this a lot because we've been talking about metroid dread so much but like can you believe that metroid prime and metroid fusion the first 3d game that is revolutionary and changed the the entire genre and metroid uh fusion the last 2d metroid game until a couple days ago mm -hmm. <laughs> both came out on the exact same day wow yeah yeah, like, I mean, when you mentioned th this being the most momentum Metroid has had, right? Like, this is going to this is going to rival that in terms of, oh, Metroid is back. Mm -hmm. And for it being on the Switch, which is one of the most uh, successful Nintendo platforms ever now, you know, that is going to put it in a place to su succeed, right? Like, Dread being in that fifth, fifth place spot right now, but it being so critically well-received and seeming to get more people into the franchise i can't imagine what how that momentum is going to feed into one uh a release of prime trilogy which where are you at with that do you think that's for sure going to happen at this point it is the worst kept secret in video game history i think at this point but i think it has kind of taken on a life of its own of i where did the source of this secret come from you know like it, mm. it i believe that at some point the prime trilogy port to switch did fully exist and was fully ready to go what the plans for that are now in 2021 i'm not yeah. sure because there's a lot of rumors popping up about prime one just being remade i wouldn't be surprised it's nintendo they do weird yep. ass shit why not both yeah they, I mean, they, they released what mario 3 uh 3d collection last year and now we're getting mario 64 on switch in a couple of weeks when it comes out on nintendo nintendo's uh, switch online nintendo is down to do weird shit like that and this it almost strikes me as similar to the switch pro where you know spring Switch Pro is for sure happening. We're all like, yes, like the 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 sources are right. The you know where it's being reported by the Bloombergs, the, the all the sources that we trust, the Jeff Grubbs, all these people, and we're sitting here like, wow, they still haven't announced it, huh? Like, is it still happening? Did did plans get scrapped? And I'm in a similar place with Metroid Prime Trilogy, where I'm like, it makes 
too much sense. And for a company like Nintendo, where we're always talking about the weird Nintendo decisions, and we're talking about how they didn't enable Bluetooth audio until like a few weeks ago, and they're in, yeah. Nintendo's always doing weird shit. I'm sitting here like, I am convinced that Metroid Prime Trilogy has to happen, but the fact that it's Nintendo makes me think that they're going to fumble it somehow, or or they just have different planes in mind, or they're like, cool, we're going to hold this until we feel like it's absolutely necessary. Uh, but one, I really do hope it happens. And if it happens, which I do think is likely, uh, given reports and given rumors and all that stuff, I think that feed in into Metroid Dread, into Prime Trilogy, which is going to get people like you, obviously, who who loves Metroid and who has played Metroid Prime Trilogy, and me, who really would love to play Metroid Prime Trilogy, but I haven't I, I haven't actually uh, gotten to play through those games. This is growing up, I didn't have a GameCube, right? Like, I think that is going to get so many people in, you know, the people I haven't played and the people that have, and then that feeding into a Metroid Prime 4 yeah. is going to be so strong. I don't think, I don't know if it's going to take it to zelda levels but if it can take metroid anywhere near that you know if, if we can ballpark it there i think Met i think that story could be uh amazing for metroid yeah absolutely uh i mean it, there's a lot to break down there what i think is really interesting is the idea of prime trilogy like i love the prime trilogy i love all three games but in my opinion they're not all equal like prime one is it's the best. It is the gold standard. And the others were really good sequels, but they weren't Prime 1. I would honestly be totally okay with just a Prime 1 remake. Like, if I had to vote, I would vote for just, like, a, let's put more love and care into that and, like, make it a better, more modern experience to then lead into Prime 4. But, like, I'm not going to be mad at just a, a more straightforward port because they already did that on the, the Wii Uh with the original Metroid Prime trilogy that they they ported from the the GameCube and adding motion controls and all that yeah. stuff, um, but yeah, I think it's really exciting. It's a really good opportunity to make people understand what is so special about Metroid in the same way Dread right now is going to be doing for a 2D Metroid. And I really got to say, Mercury Steam knocked it out of the park. Like I was a little trepidatious about this because I was like, Samus Returns was awesome, but. It wasn't my favorite of the Metroid games, and it's not their fault. They were remaking already what wasn't one of my favorite Metroid games. So it's like, mm -hmm. that's a tall order. Uh, but playing through Dread, they really, really, really did something special. And, you know, we were talking about how how is Metroid, a 2D Metroid, going to compete with things like Hollow Knight or Ori in yep. modern times? And it does. Like, it still holds up. And, like, some things aren't as good. Some things are better. But at the end of the day, they really did something special with Dread. And granted, different teams, different, all this stuff. I am very hopeful for what a Prime 4 could look like. Because even with Prime 4, I've been a little it, similarly in thought about the 3D versus 2D, where it's like, is a modern Metroid Prime something that audiences are going to want is it something that i'm going to want and playing through dread i have more hope than ever where i'm like wow i didn't think a 2d metroid could hit me this hard and it did so i'm hopeful that's awesome uh tim let's keep talking about revivals that we hope to see come back with story number two the metal gear solid 3 remake keeps building steam i'm pulling from andy robinson at video games chronicle an employee at chinese studio virtuous has confirmed it's working on a quote unannounced AAA action adventure game remake uh, following Video Game Chronicles report that it's been handed the Metal Gear Solid license. As spotted by VGC reader Faison uh, Shaikh, uh, virtuous lead programmer Ziyong Li mentions the unannounced game on his LinkedIn profile and claims to have worked on it since October 2018. According to his description, the remake will feature AAA quality level art, uh, 4K graphics, and set piece destruction. Lee also makes reference to multiple platforms in his description uh, of the project. Uh, 
Video Games Chronicle first reported that uh, last month that Virtuous is working on a new version of Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater, and the project described in Lee's profile may or may not be related. In addition to MGS3 project, uh, Konami intends to release remasters of the original Metal Gear Solid games for modern consoles, we reported. Established in 2004, Virtuous is one of the largest video game developers in the world and focuses on supporting the development of major AAA games or bringing existing games to new platforms. Recently worked on the Switch ports of Dark Souls Remastered, the, the Outer Worlds, and the Bioshock Collection, as well as contributing art and content to blockbusters such as Battlefield 1, Uncharted 4, and Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, Tim. Where are you at with this rumor? I'm, I mean, it's hard to not believe that this is happening, given the reports. I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting. I This isn't necessarily the way I would want this to happen, but I'll take more Metal Gear in any way at this point, just because getting some of it means we're probably going to get more of it. Um, a remake of 3, I am super stoked about. Uh, but with all of this, it's like, it's just, we've had so many years of talking about Bluepoint, and there's expectations mm. with that, and there's a, stat, a level of quality that I expect. Whereas with this, it's like, okay, cool, the Switch ports, the Dark Souls remastered, the Outer Worlds Bioshock collection, like, I haven't heard anything horrible about those, but I also haven't heard anything great. So, Maybe, hopefully, there's not anything to worry about with this, but uh, it's interesting, like, thinking about the AAA quality level art, 4K graphics, set-piece destruction. It's like, okay, so are we just taking the pachinko machine stuff and, like, <laughs> applying it to the, the core of Snake Eater? Mm. Like, that's cool. At the end of the day, I would be more excited about something dealing with Solid Snake as opposed to the Big Boss stuff because I always liked the more modern story stuff, so even getting a remake of one would be more exciting, but... Um, Three is a fantastic game, and I'd love to see it. I'd, I'd love to see any of the MGSs uh, yeah. handled again. I just, all of this news, I don't know what this adds up to. Because there's a lot of mm. things here that I'm like, the, this company, it, it almost seems a little too coincidental that that's their name. Virtuous, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's an interesting one because I will compare this to aspire making the knights of the old republic remake where you look at all their previous stuff and it's like cool you guys have done ports and you guys have done remasters but we don't necessarily know you for doing big remakes of the scale that we would want this to be right and that's in the case of knights of the old republic and with this it's with the case of metal gear solid 3 when we talk about metal gear solid 3 remake historically we've talked about it in two contexts we've talked about it in the post mgs5 context of wow this engine is dope uh, konami use this engine and make metal gear solid 3 because that yeah. would be phenomenal and then we also talked about it in the context of oh blue point would be perfect for remaking a metal gear solid right and i think for me i'm in the same boat as you or make remake any metal gear solid i'll be down for it i love metal gear solid i do love metal gear solid 3 and the big boss stuff uh more so than like the the um contemporary modern uh, metal gear solid content but i love both regardless right like both yeah, of those me too and if you're a Metal Gear Solid fan, like, I don't think the preference is super strong toward either. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think I think this is also an interesting place to start if you're going to remake Metal Gear Solid. Starting with 3, I think, is an interesting choice. Be, it being a prequel, I think, makes sense from that standpoint. But it is still kind of weird to go out of order with a franchise that hinges so much on its lore and its characters and what it sets up in previous games. Like, when you get to... When you get to certain reveals or things that are pointing back to Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2 or even Metal Gear uh, 1 and 2, does that feel weird when you're playing a remake that was put out in, let's say, 2023? I wonder. And, you know, for me, as somebody who's a fan, I don't care. I'm going to play it. I'm going to get those references. But are you are you allowing new people to come in uh, with this remake and understand what's going on? That's the thing I wonder. And that's the thing I, 
I wonder if they if they tweak things or change things in order to accommodate for that. And I would hope not. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that they will, because I think that when it comes to Metal Gear is the, the, the reality is you playing it for the first time, even if it was one or two, whatever, it's not going to make full sense to you. So you're not going to get everything, even if you are playing it in the right order. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Like, the, like there's some just deep references and like a lot of, of shit going on. I think that three is a simple contained story enough simple is not the right word it's a contained story enough mm-hmm. um that like it, I, I understand them starting with this one because i think that it is probably the most complete metal gear game of if you're just going to play one game um mm-hmm. in terms of gameplay and story and everything that you're trying to get out of it so and characters and boss fights god metal gear Solid three is fantastic it is. uh but yeah it's this is interesting to me what this means for the other re- uh, remasters that they're talking about here because Konami intends to release remasters of the original Metal Gear Solid games. Like, is it just going to be one remake and then the rest of them are just like re- like the remasters that we've already had a bazillion times on the other consoles, which is fine. Metal Gear is in a weird mm. place because of where 4 is at, which is just not re-released ever. And yep. then Metal Gear Solid 1, it's like you can't play Twin Snakes anywhere, but you could play the <laughs> original the PlayStation OG. version. And then there's the, you know, the original uh, Metal Gear games as well. So. Yeah, do you, doing doing the Metal Gear Solid playthrough with Mike uh, and uh, Barrett and Tamora and Kevin has been such a journey of, wow, yeah, these games are just all segmented out and you got to play them all in kind of weird ways like i think barrett's planning to play metal gear solid 4 through playstation now and i'm like dude i'll just give you a ps3 i got metal gear i got the physical version of metal gear solid 4 we can make it happen that way and the fact that you had to do all that is wild to me right i think that is the we talk about video game uh, preservation and uh like stores going down and all these things all the time but man i wish I wish there was way more of an effort, just like from all parties in terms of, hey, like what are the important games that we need to bring forward? Metal Gear Solid 4 is a game that we need to figure out how to bring forward so it's not stranded yeah. on that platform because that sucks. It uh, like it's not, it's so difficult to get a PS3 and like go back and play that game. And who wants to do that, right? Like playing that game on PS5 or PS4 or whatever modern platform you have would be the way to play that game uh, while doing it justice in a modern time. And yeah, like the, the fact that they're all segmented out that way. I mean, I would almost prefer a collection be done first, right? Mm-hmm. Of every Metal Gear Solid game ported to a modern platform so that we can be able to play it without going through the hoops and, and be able to play those games in their best version without having to accommodate for whatever, right? I have to get a handheld thing to play this. I have to go, I have to dig out my PS1 to play this. Like figure out a way to port all those things forward. I think that would be a great place to start. Uh, regardless though, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what this is because even though... Um, virtuous i you know they've not put out a blue point level thing before or like they they've not set expectation in terms of oh okay i know they're gonna hit this quality or i know this remake is gonna be this the idea that there's any thought being put into bringing forward Metal Gear solid 3 and remaking it in general excites mm-hmm. me and then talking about the um the triple f- a quality level art 4k graphics set piece destruction in our in our previous uh stream of Metal Gear solid 3 we went we went through the Shagohad chase and mm. man man oh man as a set piece that shit is hype that thing yeah. is so dope and the one thing that Barrow was mentioning during was that yeah this looks cool but it kind of sucks to play like it's very clunky and all that stuff which, which i totally get because it probably is having not played it now for probably eight years i can imagine that portion of the game being super clunky but watching it from just a set piece and a cinematic presentation standpoint that's the shit i want like i want them to be able to figure that stuff out and make it uh, not only dope to watch and follow and get that cool destruction and all that stuff, I want it to be dope dope to play as well. And I think that's the magic that you're able to do with remakes. And so totally. I'm I'm rooting for this thing. 
but yeah. I am I am I am quite a bit nervous about it as well. Yeah, I mean, you alluded to this earlier, but like, there's two words that I'm not seeing here that I really, really all it would be all I need to be absolutely in love with this, and that's Fox Engine. What yeah. a fantastic engine! Like looking at uh, Ground Zeroes. I'll never forget seeing that trailer for the first time being like, how the fuck is this in-game? What magic are they pulling? And then the fact that Phantom Pain came out cross-gen and still looked fucking amazing on the the PS3 360 era, I can't believe it. That engine is magic. That and the RE engine are just next-level shit. I remember remember, playing MGS5 at the time, 2015, sitting down and being in a cutscene where I'm flying back to to, um, Mother Base, and being like, how does this game look this good? How? Like, why? I, I've never seen a game that looks this good. Of course, that was 2015, 2021. Games have evolved and progressed and all this stuff. But give me another one of those. Give me another one of those moments with the Fox Engine, man. I want it. Mm-hmm. I want it so bad. But that's probably so far away. Uh, and so now let's talk about story number three. I was about to transition it out today, but we got a lot more stories left. Uh, let's do a Forza Horizon preview roundup. Uh, I'm going to pull from two different sources to start with. Mike Fahey at Kotaku, who says Forza Horizon 5 is more Forza Horizon, and that's fantastic. An hour or so so into my time with the preview build of Forza Horizon 5, I found myself kangaroo hopping through cactus-dotted hills in a yellow Ford Bronco. I wasn't heading to a race or a PR stunt location. I had no particular goal in mind. It was just me in the lush desert, a burly SUV, and a chill song on the in-game radio I can't name due to embargo restrictions. I'd barely started playing, and already I'd reached a point of Forza Horizon's zen. As exciting as it was to drive the Mercedes-AMG Project 1 upwards of 200 miles per hour through Baja while racing a plane to the Forza Horizon 5 festival site in the game's thrilling opening sequence, spectacular set pieces aren't what keep me coming back to Playground Games' open-world racing adventure series. Dropping four vehicles out of a cargo plane to race down volcanoes, through dense jungles, and through desert desert, uh, dust storms is a great way to start the game, but for me, it's just priming my engine for the main event. The main draw of Forza Horizon is freedom. Go where you want, drive what you want, do what you want. Sure, the map is dotted with special events, races, and story missions, but those are serving suggestions. Forza Horizon, for me, is all about the moment you stop listening to the in-game navigation's suggestions of streets and turn your expensive vehicle steering wheel toward the open countryside. Uh, I'm going to pull also from Eddie at GameSpot, who writes, Forza Horizon 5 was developed in three years instead of two, and it shows. Since its debut in 2012, the Forza Horizon racing series has seen new releases come at a pace of once every two years, releasing on even-numbered years, with Forza Motorsport taking the odd years. Microsoft is breaking that tradition with Forza Horizon 5, which comes three years after Forza Horizon 4. The extra year of development gave developer Playground Games much more time to focus and refine the already solid and much-loved formula, and to take things to new heights in a new setting. On many occasions, I stopped and gazed out at the sweeping vistas of Playground's version of Mexico, and it looks great running on Xbox Series X. The draw distances, in particular, are seriously impressive. There is a volcano on the map, and it's visible from very far away, which helped me feel a sense of place in the world as I saw it draw closer and closer. Driving up and onto the volcano was another highlight for the demo for uh, for me. Getting to the top, which is a journey unto itself, you can see a huge amount of the world and it triggers a sense of wonder as you think about the many destinations you can explore. 
Beyond the draw distances, the attention to detail was impressive. The way the sun glistens off the hood of a car in the distance is a sight to behold. While the beachside communities in the cities of Mexico made me want to stop, get out, and walk around, that is to say, Forza Horizon 5 does a good job of making its version of Mexico feel alive and lived in as opposed to simply getting dre- uh, uh, simply set dressing for racing adventures. Tim, where are you at with Forza Horizon 5 hype? I'm I'm very excited. I wouldn't say I'm hyped. I think it's hard for me to be hyped about a Forza game where I really enjoy them. And like even uh, I think last weekend I was playing a little Horizon Four, like just because I was oh, excited yeah. from uh, one of the Xbox showcases we saw with Five, and I want to see how it looks. And like the games are just simply fun, you know. So I'm I'm excited to play it, but it's not like it's something that I'm like counting down the days for. Um, but it is so impressive looking, and like it is, the, Forza Horizon has done that thing uh, that like. Gran Turismo 3 did for me back in the day where I'm just like, I'm not the biggest racing fan, but I want to experience this because it's such a showpiece title no matter what. But it has that mix of that arcadey side of the, the PS2 era Need for Speeds, right? Like it kind of has that energy mm. uh, brought forth. Um, so I'm I'm excited to, to get playing it soon. Yeah, no, these these previews have me hyped. Like, of course, I'm, I've already been hyped for Forza Horizon 5. I love Forza Horizon 3 and Forza Horizon 4. And reading through these previews, I think, made me realize that Forza Horizon is pretty much my Far Cry in terms of mm. the game that keeps giving you the same stuff, but I'm totally in for it, and I get hyped for it each time. And it's that same sensation of being in a wonderfully crafted open world, going through, doing the checklist box things that you would do in a Ubisoft open world, but also having that sense of, I'm just going to drive and do what comes to me. I'm going to, you know, drift around for a while so I can I can build up my score and experience and level up my uh, uh, my, my car and my character. I'm just going to find whatever I'm going to set my uh, GPS to go after whatever and just like do whatever the next event is. Uh, hearing this preview talk about the volcano, Eddie from GameSpot talk about the volcano thing, right? Colin Five in chat mentions, you see that volcano, you can walk to it. And that <laughs> you know that sequence in that preview gives those vibes. But it also reminds me a lot of uh, a game that I referenced all too much, Breath of the Wild, seeing Death Mountain, you know, when you're mm. on the Great Plateau and being like, oh, shit, like I this this one, like seeing these landmarks centers me where I'm at in the map and really gives the, the this location character and personality but the idea of like walking there and uh getting closer and having like the <clears throat> the environment i guess evolve as you're getting closer to whatever that big landmark is and then look climbing up that mountain and looking looking yeah. out and seeing the rest of the map i love those moments in open world video games and forza horizon i i think is underrated in how well they're able to kind of provide uh those moments and the idea that at least in a for racing this long, game in a racing game yeah which I think Forza Horizon easily goes above and beyond in terms of open world racing games and what it can do, how it looks, how mm-hmm. good it is to play, the set piece moments, all these things. Forza Horizon does a wonderful job of that. And hearing about just that one moment from Eddie has me super excited to to check this one out. Yeah, totally. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up and go to you're wrong and let me know if, if you can think of something. But what was the first game to do that? You see that mountain there? You can go there because the first time I remember hearing it, and I, I think it might be the first thing because I can't think of a game before it that would have promoted this way was Jack and Daxter, the Precursor's Legacy on the on the PSU, the first one. I thought you were gonna say Skyrim. Uh, oh no, 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 Jack and Daxter because I, I remember. And plus, you'll appreciate this. You know the uh-huh. the N sixty four, the hot tips, the uh, the VHS tapes. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I love those. Yeah, yeah. hot new sixty four. Uh, the PlayStation did a similar thing, and they had the PlayStation Underground discs that would yes. uh, be oh, demo yeah. discs but then also like yeah amazing uh and then i want to do a whole games cast topic about 
uh, that stuff. That could be fun. But dude, I, I can dig out. I probably still have some PlayStation Underground discs on I me that it. I can dig out, and I might have I a Hobby sixty four VHS. But uh, on one of them that was leading into the uh, like upcoming launch of Jack and Daxter, there was this video uh, featurette with Naughty Dog, and I remember them like d- talking and doing the demo of like, you, that mountain there. You can go there. Like everywhere here, it's like there's no loading and all this stuff, and it's like that was a long time ago. And it's just I, yeah. I it'd be funny if thinking back for how much of a meme it's turned into now. Like was it Jack and Daxter that did it first? That'd Let me know. Kind slash year rock. I don't know if they would have done it in the demo because uh, I just I never watched any any Ocarina of Time demos. But Ocarina of Time had that right where you saw Death Mountain in the background and <laughs> you could go to it. Even though of course like in the actual world it's just a JPEG, but mm-hmm. still the same thing of oh shit I can mm-hmm. go there I can have fun there. Tim, before mm-hmm. we get into our next news story, I want to remind everybody that you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Purple Mattress. Picture this. You're in bed ready for a good night's sleep. It's hot. You're sweaty. Your neighbors are causing a ruckus. So are the cicadas who emerge from the ground after 17 years of getting ready to mate, scream, and die. It sounds peaceful, right? Wrong, unless you add a purple mattress into that equation. That's because only purple mattresses have the grid, a fancy ventilated design that lets air flow through to keep you cool. It's also super comfy supporting your back and legs, but cushioning you in all the right places. I can attest to this. I absolutely love uh, the purple, the grid pillow that I have, and it is so perfectly cool. I never need to flip it because it's both sides. It's always cool. It's always making me feel good. Purple is comfort reinvented. Right now, you can get 10% off any order of $200 or more. You go to purple.com slash kind of funny 10. Use the promo code kind of funny 10. That's purple.com slash kind of funny 10. Promo code kind of funny 10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Purple.com slash kind of funny 10. Promo code kind of funny 10. Next up, let's talk about Demon Slayer. It's time to become the blade that destroys demons in Demon Slayer, Kometsu no Yaiba, the Hinokami Chronicles, launching on October 15th on PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox, and Steam. Tanjiro comes home to find his family brutally murdered and his sister, Nezuko, transformed into a demon. So, Tanjiro does what anyone would do, vow to become a demon slayer to restore his sister's humanity and kill the demon that massacred his family. Duh. Based on the anime of the same name and the box office hit, the Mugen Train arc, this game's adventure mode lets you relive the most memorable moments and battles. There's also a versus mode where you can choose any combination of two characters to face off. With exhilarating gameplay and a whole bunch of skills and characters from the anime, rise up to become the strongest of the demon slayers. Pre-order Demon Slayer Kometsu no Yaiba The Hinokami Chronicles to unlock two bonus characters and get early access to the game. To pre-order, go to the link in the description. Finally, shout out to Raycon. We can't control the vibes of the world around us, but with a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds, we can at least control the vibes in our heads. Uh, Cool Greg's training for a half marathon. He's been getting his run on. He's been working out using his Raycons. He's been loving them. Whether you use them to get hyped, to relax, to work, or work out, Raycons are about to be your new best friends for on-the-go audio. The new everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound even better than ever somehow, and are still half the price of other premium audio brands. Raycons are sure to impress you before you even turn them on with their new and improved look feel and optimized gel tips for flawless in-ear fit the coolest thing is their new awareness mode for when you need to listen to your surroundings instead of your jams right now kind of funny games daily listeners can get 15 percent off your first raycon order at buyraycon.com slash kfgd that's buyraycon.com slash kfgd to save 15 percent on raycons 
B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N.com slash K-F-G-D. Let's talk about story number four. GTA, the trilogy, definitive edition, could cost $70 with physical versions coming in December. This is Dom Pepiet at VG247. Dom. Dom. Rockstar has finally announced Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition, a game collecting GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas released in one collection. But the official details from Rockstar about the title remain a little thin. Luckily, the worst kept gaming secret of 2021 continues to spill more of its details even after its announcement. First up, we've got an inclination as to what the collection's price may end up being. Retailer Base.com opened pre-orders for the Definitive Edition collection last week with a premium price tag listed at $70 on PS5 and Xbox Series X slash S. Right now, these are just reports. The listings could have been published as placeholders. The PS4, Nintendo Switch, and Xbox One versions of the game, though, are listed at at a $60 price point. Secondly, we've seen that physical versions of Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition may hit shelves by December. As per PPE, the last gen versions of the collection will be out on shelves by Christmas with other box versions of the game landing in 2022. The Polish publication sources state that the PS4, Xbox One and Switch versions of the compilation will release physically on December 7th with new gen versions not coming until later. And this is one that I'll I'll say take with a huge grain of salt, because this is just coming from uh, what could be placeholder stuff from stores, from retailers, all that stuff. That said, uh, God, I hope this isn't true. <laughs> I really hope this isn't true, Tim. Uh, what part? Specifically, the next-gen versions coming later. And, mm. like, the $70 thing bums me out a little bit. But, I mean, if it's taking advantage of, like, the next-gen features, if it runs better, if there's, like, DualSense stuff in there, then, sure, I'll take it. The that, that version, or those versions coming later, though, I'm like, please don't. Please don't do that. I don't want to yeah. have to wait until later on to play this play play this uh, this collection or have to make the decision of do I play it on PS4 now or PS5 later. That's always a a compromising place to be in. Yeah, totally. So hold on, reading this, where are you seeing that? Oh, new gen versions not coming to it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that sucks. I, this game is one of the most bizarre things I think I've ever seen in yep. terms of video game announcements where, first off, the trilogy being remastered in any type of definitive way, I'm surprised about. The way that it, this information is is leaking and rolling out, I'm surprised about. The fact that it, it's now official, it now is real, it exists, and we mm-hmm. saw that little teaser thing, it just kind of dropped. Like, Rockstar always kind of does things a little bit differently, but they do things a little bit with more pomp and circumstance than than this and we are it's it's october 11th right now and this game's coming out this year like (laughs) it's just kind of weird like i feel like there's we're 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 lacking some type of official big blowout reveal and like that could come anytime but i feel like we should know that it's it's coming soon I, i don't know this is just bizarre yeah that's why in friday's episode uh i believe friday was when we actually talked about it um the thing i kept saying was temper your your expectations and the the circumstance around how they're announcing this is the biggest reason why right like it being announced with no gameplay and like no no definitive date and all that stuff just strikes me as hey we're just putting this out and like we it almost feels like they want it under the radar they're not hyping this up they're not making a big deal about this and for what it's been reported as which is you know remasters slash like i guess light remakes using unreal engine all this stuff that sounds like something that should be hype you're telling me that you're remaking the original trilogy that sounds like something that should be exciting but 
with the way they're announcing it, the um, them taking off the the current versions of the trilogy games off of current stores, that's that makes me think that it is this is going to be on the lines of more remastery, like way more remastery than remakey. And also, you know, I I'm hoping that it's not like these these aren't stripped versions of the games where they are lacking music or lacking features and all these things. Like that is my that is my main thing where I'm like, cool. If these are just going to be straight up ports or light remasters, cool. You know, I'm down with it. You know, I, I just I love that you're putting these games out on modern platforms. Period. Just make just make sure that they're good versions. <laughs> just make sure I get the music I want. Just make sure yeah. that they run well. You know, like if it runs 60 FPS smooth, looks great on PS5. I'm down. You know, just, but let me see it. Let me see it in the marketing. Like yeah, show me the I'm gameplay ex- trailer. I'm excited <laughs> to see it. I'm really excited to see it. And you know, if any of these rumors are true, we're not going to have to wait long because if it's coming December 7th. That's not like a game awards reveal. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. uh probably in the next month. At any moment, I would be surprised if all of a sudden a trailer drops and it like answers all of our questions. Yeah, God, I hope so. Uh let's continue on with story number five. This is one that we alluded to earlier. FIFA could be rebranded as EA Sports FC. This is Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. Electronic Arts has filed multiple trademark applications for EA Sports FC, which could potentially be the new name for its FIFA football franchise should it rebrand the series as it's currently considering. On October 7th, EA Sports Group GM Cam Weber confirmed the company was exploring the idea of renaming the blockbuster franchise and was reviewing its naming rights agreement with world football's governing body FIFA. It has since emerged that the company filed video game software trademark applications for EA Sports FC with the UK's Intellectual Property Office and the European Union Intellectual Property Office on October 1st and October 4th, respectively. I know this is one that uh, you and Janet talked about a little bit, but now we have an actual idea for the the actual rebrand, the name EA Sports FC, which I'm going to go ahead and, and, and say, I'm going to put my two cents in. I don't like that name. <laughs> I feel like you can get yeah. way more creative than that. That sounds really boring. I mean, it's more than boring. It's like, I, I don't know. It, it gets complicated when it comes to, to soccer, football, whatever, because of the soccer, football, whatever yep. thing, which is you either care and you're in or you don't. And if you care, they can call this shit whatever. And the fans of FIFA, the fans of football are going to buy this game just like they have been buying this game for generations, right? But like this is not doing them any favors for the other people that are just lightly interested in sports games or just interested in video games as a whole. Like even calling it EA Sports Soccer in America, I think would be better or even like football spelled that way, like would be even better than FC. Like what the fuck is FC? Football club, I guess. I mean, call it that. Call it that. <laughs> don't like, abbreviate it in the thing. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's it's weird. Like, me and Janet were talking about it last week, but like, there are some weird legacy things. Like, the football game is just called Madden. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the actual it, fuck, you know? It, here's my thing Madden, at the very least, has, was able to build that name recognition. And it makes sense now in a way where nobody's confused. We all get it. And I think at the end of the day, it's kind of a good. Uh, brand name right it's something unique as long as you get you have the rights to the name madden you don't have to worry about like renaming it because you had nfl in the title or whatever the thing is with with this with fifa i understand losing the rights because fifa being its own governing body all that stuff there's probably a lot of hoops you have to jump through for that i think you can go way more exciting uh than ea sports fc i think you could tie it to an uh, to an actual player in the way that you know you tie it to an, to an actual human being uh, john madden 
maybe you could tie a FIFA game to Messi or Ronaldinho or like I, I joked last um, week in chat. I was like, call it Diego Maradona's kicking it or something along those lines, right? And that's me joking, but. I think there are way more interesting places you can go to. As, as EA Sports FC is just a boring ass brand uh, to have. That said, they're going to be fine because they don't really have competition. Yeah, eFootball totally. is is not not good. People hate eFootball, and you know, like Pez isn't what it used to be. And so people are still going to flock to this one being the main uh, soccer game slash football game. And mm. I think they're going to be fine with it, but. Yeah. I don't know, man. I I feel like there's even even I mean talking about Pez, right? Like even Pez in his history has had dope ass names. Winning Eleven, I always loved that name. I thought Winning Eleven was the dopest name for a soccer game. Even Pro Evolution Soccer is a cool name. Uh, I think there are plenty of places you can go with it. I understand the soccer versus football thing, and it, they would probably just call it football in the U.S. just because that's what what the rest of the world goes by and that they probably care more about the rest of the world than the U.S. when it comes to the actual FIFA game, and people would understand it for the most part. But I don't know, man. EA Sports FC is boring, uh, but that's where I stand. It's not the biggest deal, but as somebody who likes FIFA a lot, I'm like, ah, uh, we, yeah. we can get cooler than this. The chat's straight up proving my point, too. Like, they're all like, I know what FC means. I'm like, I know. You know, you like soccer. You like football. Like, I'm talking about the people mm -hmm. that aren't invested, that don't know, that, like, even just spelling it out a little bit more, like, would then allow them to know what it is. Yeah, yeah. Get that messy license, FIFA. EA Sports, if you're watching this, watching this right now, right? I'm looking directly at you. Go to Messi. He's just out there vibing. He's chilling. He's pretty, he probably doesn't have that much left in his career because he's been doing this for a long time. I'm sure he'd be willing to get paid a bunch of money so he can put his name on every single box. Do it. Do it. Do Go it. after him. Mm -hmm. Let's round out this Roper report with story number six. Nintendo 64 games will be 60 hertz, uh, will be the 60 hertz versions in Europe. This is from the at Nintendo UK account on Twitter. They tweeted out this morning, all Nintendo 64 games included with Nintendo Switch Online plus expansion pack can be played in 60 hertz English language versions. Select games will also have the option to play their original European PAL versions with uh, language options. And so that's good news. Everybody was freaking out about this last week because we they, the people thought that the um, UK was going to get the PAL versions, which had, I believe, 50 hertz uh, and like just weird caveats, like I think borders on the top and bottom of the screen and shit like that. And so good for you, Europe. You're going to get the good versions. Hell yeah. Good for you. Plus, think about this. We get to see these games on that fucking OLED screen, baby. Yeah, we do. Oh, my God. I can't wait for it. Dude, playing no. Metroid Dread last night in bed, I was like, this is this is hot. This is, this is a colorful screen right here. Plus, I was uh, perusing some forums recently, and some people that I, I would say I respect enough in terms of when they say something, it's, it might actually happen. But, like, the, the track record's a little iffy. I've seen a lot of reference to the rare games coming to... Like more rare games after Banjo Kazooie, so. Oh my God, Tim! I gotta, I, I maybe I gotta talk to you about this because I want to figure out how to make N sixty four content. Whether that is, oh, I love it. Whether that is, you know, me doing Twitch streams with Mike or a segment for KHD that is the N sixty four, like you know, hype watch. I want to play through all these games. I fucking mm -hmm. am so excited for this. You know, I I, I mentioned this last week. I think that this is my year or this is my fall, at least, in terms of the GTA trilogy getting released and then also N64 online being a thing. I'm mm -hmm. I'm excited. Like, these are... Those two things in Forza Horizon are probably the, the things I'm most hyped about for the rest of the fall. Um, and goddamn, seeing the, seeing the, the thumbnail with uh, Mario Tennis and Mario 64 and Mario Kart and Ocarina of Time and Dr. Mario and all these games next to each other, it, it ignites, ignites a feeling in me, Tim. 
I, so I love that. I want to figure that out because yeah, there's something there. And I also want to say that uh, Star Fox 64, I cannot wait to play that again. It's been a while. Mm -hmm. Star Fox 64 yeah. is probably on my list of most replayed games ever of all time. And this is the, since I first played it back in whatever it was, like 98, uh, this is the longest time I've went without playing through it. So mm. I'm overdue. I'm hope I'm waiting for this to, to come to Switch online and I can't wait to see it on that screen. But playing Metroid Dread this weekend just made me realize that I need to not give up on Star Fox just yet. It just needs to be given to the right people, put in the right hands, and Nintendo could make a fucking amazing Star Fox game oh, if yeah. they focus on the dialogue, if they focus on the set pieces, if they focus on the character and like make an epic story and have the gameplay back it up. That's all they got to do. That's all they got to do. Don't overthink it. Don't have on land missions. Don't have a bunch of different types of gameplay and all this shit. Just do what you do well and do it the Nintendo way. Come on, guys. Shit. Do that good shit. The one game I haven't played out of the list um, that I'm excited to check out actually is Winback. Because I remember mm. seeing gameplay of it, but I never knew what that game was back in the day. I always like I think I had it on like a VHS or something where you know how they would do the montages of all the different Nintendo or N64 games. You know, they would have the rock music and all that stuff. Winback was one that I remember seeing, but I never once thought about it. And as an adult, I never thought about Winback until this thing, like this announcement. And I went on Wikipedia, or no, I think I went on YouTube, actually, to figure out, like, mm -hmm. was this a Metal Gear Solid clone? Like, what was Winback? <laughs> and I was pleasantly surprised when I learned that Winback was the game that, like, innovated, uh, like, cover-based third-person shooting. I did not know that. Apparently, Winback went on to inspire... That's one way to put it, yeah. Went on to inspire Kill Switch, which went on to inspire Gears of War and shit. And I would never have guessed that that started on the N64. Yeah. I'm, and I'm sure there are other games that maybe inspired that as well, but the fact that Winback was one of the yeah, guess, yeah, bigger yeah. titles in that in that legacy, I think, is pretty cool. Anyway, Tim, me checking out Winback is just so far away. And by far away, I mean in like a couple of weeks. Uh, if I want to know what's coming out to Mom Grab Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. There he is. I knew you wouldn't feel me, Kevin. Part of me was scared that you were like way away from your PC, and I was gonna have to like hold nah, that yeah nah, for a I'm good right, I'm right nineteen here. seconds. I'm right but thank God Just you trying. came through. Out yeah. today, we got Settlement Survival for PC, Eternium for PC, Book of Travels for PC, uh, Fox Goes Hunting is now available on Steam, Night Squad 2 is out today on PS4, and then Those Who Came is out now on Steam. New dates for you, Dog Shelter Sim to the Rescue rolls over onto Steam November 4th, 2021. Tuhu Multi-Scroll Shooting 2 coming is coming to Steam on October 26th, and then Evil Genius 2 World Domination is coming to consoles on November 30th. Uh, deal of the day for you, there's a Sonic sale happening on the US eShop right now. You can get Sonic Mania for $10. Bucks. Uh, you can also get uh, Sega Ages Sonic 1 for $6, bucks, Sega Ages Sonic 2 for $6, bucks, and then Sonic Forces for $10. Bucks. Uh, let me tell you, uh, Sonic Mania for $10 is a good deal. It's a fun game. Definitely check that out if you haven't. Tim, folks can go over to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong where they can write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames and on podcast services around the globe. Uh, Nanobal just writes in and says, the origin of See Them Out over there was Jack and Daxter 1. Um, and so, Tim, you nailed it, apparently. Here we go. Oh, let's see here. Let's see here. Uh, people are writing in. Somebody wrote in about the cool uh, Nickelodeon Xboxes, which I 
I didn't include, but yeah, those are cool. And so, like, if you have if you have interest in Xbox Series X and Nickelodeon, check out the Nickelodeon All Star Brawl uh, consoles. I believe it's on Xbox's Twitter. And then, let's. When is the that is there a date for the N sixty four things? I just don't remember. This month, I believe. I think there is uh, an exact date. You might be able to look it up. I'm right there with you, man. Living a great life. We got Sora coming to Smash in, a, in like a week. We got freaking N64 games to play. Come out. Hell yeah. Uh, a couple people wrote in to mention that FC does, does indeed stand for Football Club. And so we nailed it there. And then Callahan writes in and says, you mentioned Evil Genius. FYI, it will also be available on Game Pass Day 1. And so that's a heads up uh, for you, Xbox players. Uh, but for now, of course, today is Monday, which means we have a whole week ahead of us. This week's hosts look like this. Tomorrow, you're getting Tim and Laura Kate Dale. Wednesday, you're getting me and Andy. Thursday, uh, it's Namor and Tim for Tim TM Thursdays. Then on Friday, it's me and Janet. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is Andy and, and Nick playing some It Takes Two. If you want to catch that stream later, subscribe to youtube.com slash kindoffunnyplays. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.